There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. So you've got these paintings that have aged in all these different ways. What can you do to get them back to their original glory? Often you can't do anything at all. If something has lost colour, a conservative won't be putting back colour on top to try and make those blue leaves that have lost their yellows green. You often find, though, if you take the varnish off, a lot of the discoloration is in the varnish. It's almost like a sacrificial layer where it's oxidised and cracked and gone yellow. And underneath, you'll find the paint is often in much better condition than would suggest. So a very common part of picture of conservation is actually to remove the varnish. So the varnish layer was put on initially, I assume, just to make it look nice. But it's had another protective effect in that when UV light that would damage the paint hits it, it's absorbed by the varnish, it oxidises the chemicals in the varnish. But in doing that, it's absorbed and it doesn't get any further and doesn't actually hit the pigment. Yes, I mean, varnish does have a dual effect. It's there to saturate, it's there to form an even film so you can see the painting often better than an unvarnished painting but it's also a protective layer. So that's what varnishes are there for. And a lot of work's been undertaken on trying to find very stable picture varnishes that don't oxidise as much. And therefore, what we're aiming for is that only once every century would a painting need cleaning, whereas with natural resin varnishes, which tend to oxidise rather more quickly, quite often they've been cleaned every 30 years. And it's quite a major intervention for a paint film you're putting in high swelling solvents that actually can leach out some of the low molecular weight components of the paint film but if you can extend the time between cleanings the risk of the painting is lower. How do you ensure that you're only taking the varnish off and you're not affecting the paint underneath? Well you tend to do a very thorough examination of painting first and there are all sorts of methods of examination we use I mean from the simplest which is a good pair of eyes and looking you might then look at x-rays you might look at infrared you look at it in ultraviolet fluorescence but if you actually want to know the layer structure of your painting to inform your cleaning you'll take a very very small sample through all the layers so you imagine it's rather like a sandwich you've got this support a ground layer paint layers often multiple and then a varnish layer and in between there you might have revarnishings layers of dirt all sorts of things so you take a sample all the way through and then you mount it in a synthetic resin and polish it down to the interface of all the layers and look at it through polarising mic- light microscopy. And that can often tell you what you've got, what's original, what's not. You look at this under various different wavelengths of light. You've talked about infrared and UV, which are opposite ends of the visible light spectrum, and that allows you to see things that you wouldn't see under normal visible light. X-rays, I guess, allow you to look through in the same way that X-rays are used in medical settings because they go through soft tissues, but then they're reflected off the bones. Does the same sort of thing happen when you're looking at paintings? Yes, when you're using an X-ray, it's picking up the lead pigments that most 
strongly so often an x-ray will look very white and it's the contrast between the lead white and, and the rest of the painting and it'll often show you artist's change of mind. Infrared will tend to pick up the carbon-based pigments so it'll be underdrawing, often charcoal picks up very well but you can't actually see it unless you're looking at either a infrared screens so you can actually see it on screen as you're looking at it and ultraviolet fluorescence often picks up the difference between overpaint and varnish natural resin varnishes have a very strong greenish fluorescence and some pigments do too something like madder the purple in the madder has a very strong fluorescence and you can tell that's madder or something like indian yellow also shows up but generally it's used to see whether there's a lot of overpaint because the more recent retouchings where someone has restored a painting tend to show up darker against this fluorescent resin. So there are some pigments, like the ones that we use, say, for highlighter pens, that actually absorb ultraviolet light and give it out again as visible light. So that would be why those particular pigments show up brightly when you shine ultraviolet on them, because they're actually absorbing that and giving it out as visible light. But only certain pigments do that, so that allows you to distinguish between the different pigments. When you've polished down this section and you look at it under polarised light, now polarised light means light waves that are only travelling in one orientation, so they're either wiggling up and down or they're wiggling side to side, whereas normally light wiggles in every direction. What do you see that's different when you're looking at it under polarised light? Different pigments respond in different ways and therefore most very experienced paint analysts we'll just be able to recognise an orpiment from an ochre very easily. Whereas someone like me, I would have to use a, a reference set to actually know what I'm looking at. Normally it's done in museums who have lots of other equipments to actually complement polarising microscopy. And that's often the first step before you look at X-ray diffraction. And they use gas chromatograph mass spectrometry to look at some of the medium analysis. So there's an awful lot of quite high power techniques but you won't find that in an average studio the skill is actually knowing what you're looking at once you're looking at it even an x-ray can be very misleading so it's a lovely example of how science is used to help the experts but you still need the people who can just look at what the science is showing and go oh yes well that's that particular pigment so that expertise that you need alongside all these high-tech techniques I think conservation is an interesting combination of craft and science and art and it is one of those people talk about multidisciplinarity a lot but it is a a genuinely multidiscipline field because we're very dependent on conservation scientists to not only tell us about the original materials but also to give us advice on what we should be using now and the repertoire of cleaning materials has been quite extensively changed by pure scientific research into how paint films respond to solvents and what we can do to modify the less advantageous effects. You don't want to continually swell your paint film or crush your paint. Or There are things which conservation in the last century could be quite heavy-handed and it's been refined with the aid of science. So what kind of solvents do you use now that you didn't realise you needed to use before or that you don't use now that you used to? Well, in part, there's a health and safety um, issue that people used to use things like DMF and there's a lot of toluene and xylene, dimethylformamide and chloroform at one point apparently as well. Some of those have been shown to cause cancer and things like that and then chloroform obviously can knock you out Mm -hmm. if you inhale too much of it. So I guess those probably aren't a good idea. Yes, well, some of the benzenes as well can cause optic nerve damage and obviously your eyesight is very important to you as a conservator. But also we use the existing solvents in a slightly different way. There's been a lot of work on gelling solvents to actually change the amount of contact time. 
People have also made these things called resin soaps using acids that are then tailored to exactly what you're trying to take off. So as long as you know what you're trying to take off, you have more of a chance of actually using something that's only going to unpack one layer of your sandwich and not all the others. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.